Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The First Lady of New York Radio, Joan Hamburg. Entertaining and informative. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Welcome, everyone, to the Joan Hamburg Show. We have Passover, we have Easter, we have holidays coming up. And I love to talk to Joan Nathan, who's one of the great foodies in this country and very interesting, a cookbook author of so many cookbooks, a contributor to the New York Times. And I'm sure that if you go back to Joan's roots, that you wouldn't think from all the things that she studied that she would end up being a major player in the world of food. A master's degree in French literature and public um, administration from Harvard worked for a lot of political people like mayors, including our own Mayor Abraham Beam in New York City. So no one has had a more interesting career than the one and only Joan Nathan. And it's still (laughs) going strong. I'm sure that when you got out of school, it didn't enter your mind that you were going to be one of the leading authorities on Jewish Uh, cooking in America. Absolutely not. No way. In fact, I'm just finishing a memoir that's coming out in a year, just one year in March, uh, called um, Joan Nathan, A Life in Search of Recipes. And it talks about all the things you were just saying. This talks about all the different facets of my life and how I ended up in food. You know, but it's interesting because I was saying to my children not long ago, many of their friends and even the generation right on back of them have life plans, quote unquote. But many of us just let life happen to us. You know, you when you were a kid in school, you didn't say, I'm going to grow up to be no. Joe Nathan, no. the big food authority, right? I mean, you, your path took you so many different turns. And it just happened, you know, you just... Do a good job in whatever you're doing and have a little bit of, I don't know, it just, my life just happened. Right, but you let it happen and you went along with it. Well, and you have to work hard too. But I, but I never, I, I, I honestly think I never wanted anything but an interesting life. That's mm-hmm. it. But then where <laughs> did the food come from? Well, read my memoir. My, my father was German born and he liked to eat. He liked to go to restaurants. Like he liked taking me to the, I'm sure you knew La Potiniere in New York. And of course, and I, my grandfather liked to take me to Hungarian restaurants up on, you know, in Yorkville. And I just, and I love the horn and hard arts, mm. you know? So that was something I guess food and and people were the two things that I always liked. And I liked 
being together as a family and talking about food and cooking and I don't know. But but I also was curious about my own background and other people's background and I I never think of like a rest a recipe it's just something on a plate. You know, it's it it's what it led to that plate. And that's what's interesting to me. Right. And so every in, recipe has a story. And every recipe has a story. So right now, as we're talking, you know, we're preparing for Passover in my kitchen. or Passover and also the end of when my kids are coming home. And, you know, I'm doing all these old recipes, like an old um, fish recipe from a Sephardic Jews with preserved lemon in it and uh, um, olives and peppers and going to be delicious and and then another recipe i just got in i was just in israel and it was a risotto from jerusalem with all kinds of grains that we never use like fricka which is the parched wheat of the bible and um it's sort of an ancient risotto it's not really a risotto but sort of a risotto so that's the kind of thing i'm i'm always looking for and um and I, you know, and it's true. It tells a story, and that, and that's what actually Passover and Easter do was tell stories. And, and the other thing that I really like is sort of getting in touch with the cyclical year, you know, the the, the natural year, natural uh-huh. cycle year. And um, and so, you know, when you were talking just now about Easter and Passover, all the eggs because you know chickens lay eggs at a time when there's more grass and and that's in the early spring and so we have all these eggs to, to use and so both easter and passover use them but what is there a symbolism of eggs is it fertility is it i mean right it's fertility it's um yeah fertility mostly but also it, 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 um the, the sort of the circular part of the year, the now, circle of the year, and the circle of life. The circle of life, and you are busy now changing. I take it your kitchen. Could you explain? Well, what I don't. That is what I do is I don't change my kitchen, but what mm-hmm. I do is I get put a, a certain part of the kitchen. I'll. Um, clean it off and get rid of everything, and we'll just cook there right now for whatever we're doing for Passover. But uh-huh. I try to I try to get rid of everything that's fermented or like I've already been through my freezer and just moving things around so that uh, the, the, I have two freezers so that I can using one freezer for Passover and one not for Passover. I try to do spring cleaning in my house. And this but is you know, I'm excuse. not I'm not uh, such a stickler, but I do as much as I can, and um, I don't change dishes. Um, but you know, everybody knows that it's Passover, and I keep Passover for eight days. Mm-hmm. So I do it in my own way. And do your children come home? Do they have favorites? What do you do? 
Well, they, yeah, they actually, that's funny. I just wrote to all of them and their spouses to see what does Passover, what food does Passover mean to you? And my son said matzo balls and chicken soup. And then my daughter-in-law said, I have made this wonderful egg and spinach. It's just delicious. And she said, that's what it means to her, the spinach and egg. And, uh, and w- which is an old Sephardic um, recipe, recipe where the eggs are cooked for hours and hours. And then, let's see, and then other people did a, a flourless chocolate cake. So it was kind of fun to see what everybody right. liked. Because then I think about what am I going to be making, you know, for, for, for Passover. Because we have 35 people coming. Yeah, and what do they, what basically do you think that you might do? Do you do, you do a fish? Do you do I, a turkey? Well, we have a gefilte fish in next, the Tuesday before Passover, six women come to my house every year, oh. and we all make gefilte fish, and it's <laughs> really fun. It's the only time we do it in that way, in the very traditional way, and um and then I do chicken soup with matzo ball. Oh, we start out with the eggs in the salt water with the spinach, and that's from the island of Corfu. Mm. Um, and then we do, I'm going to do brisket, and I'm going to do this chicken pandora that's in one of my books. With um, And I, and I, my daughter-in-law is kosher, so I'm getting all kosher meats for the Seder. But the chicken... Um, the chicken has got uh, sun-dried tomatoes and artichokes in it. Mm. And so we're going to make that. Risk it. And then everybody's going to bring something invited is they're going to bring salads and they're going to bring uh, vegetables and desserts. So, you know, I, cause I need some help, right? It sounds and like then, you need a lot of help. And I've, <laughs> and I've also asked everybody to try to bring, some traditional recipe from their family. Yes. But half we... of the people that come aren't Jewish. A lot of them are not Jewish that are, you know, married to somebody who's Jewish or, or... are interested in the Seder. There's a, there's a, um, a very new, well, I'm not going to say her name, but a very well-known poet who's not Jewish wants to come. And, you know, I, I love my Seder, so. And who I, leads the Seder? The kids well, to you? Well, now that all my kids are going to do it, and then we have a cousin who's, she knows a lot about it. But this year, the head of, uh, he doesn't know it, but I'm going to ask him to help in some way. Um, he's the head, the head of the Department of Judaic Studies at American University. So he might do it, I, but my kids will do it. They all know a lot. Right. And and my <clears throat> daughter Daniela's wife is she's amazing. And she knows. So they they'll all do it. Alan did a great job, but he's no longer here, so we have to you know, do something yeah, else. Do it. And don't forget for those listening, Passover is the story of the Israelis' departure from ancient Egypt. And it's it's really the most important. It's it's how the Jews became Jews, going from slavery to freedom, and um, so that you know that's an important event. 
Um, you know, I came, I just came back from from Israel, and I was in the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, and I hadn't been there in years and years since I worked for Teddy Kollek in in the seventies. And I walked into the church, and I realized that the church are, the, are also the last three or four. I think it's three. Um, um, you know, the places of the uh, the wait a minute, the you know when the, when they walked to when he was crucified, mm-hmm. and um, and then and then showed where he was resurrected, and it was very very meaningful going there because you know he was a Jew and and you know he went through what he and and so many people have gone through that throughout the centuries. Right, and I'm talking to Joe Nathan. The Stations of the Cross, that's it. Right. And the Passover meal, the Seder. That was the last meal. Right, the last meal and the removal of leavened products. And they substitute matzah for bread, right? And then tell the story of the Exodus. Right. And 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 you're not supposed to have anything leaven but it's not leaven it's really fermented so you can't have like fermented pickles or you can't have fermented um dough or like and and very religious jews will not eat matzo balls because they feel that at passover that's really fermenting and so, so they're all different traditions all over the world and what you can eat and what you can't eat it's just amazing, and it, it's it's pretty interesting. Yes, without question. And Passover is on sundown, April fifth, right? And it goes right. to April thirteenth, doesn't right. it? Right. Yes. Okay. Well, it's something, and we always love to check in and see what the Nathan family is going to eat and what they're going to do. I remember during various holidays, you would organize plays and the kids would right. do theatrical well, events. Now the, the plays, now the kids are grown up, but their children are children. So we're going to have the play and we're going to do it outside. We did it outside last year. I want to see if how cold it's going to be, if, if it's going to be cold enough. I mean, too cold to do it outside, but I'd mm-hmm. love to do it outside. <laughs> And um, it was wonderful because the kids would run around, and it it, it was fabulous. So I'm, I'm keeping my cross, my hands, fingers crossed that we'll be able to do it outside this year, um, and with wonderful, you know, with wonderful people. And you know, one one year for my seder, after the play, I could see nobody wanted to leave, and I felt that it was because. We don't have meetings together as a group. We're so separate, don't you think? I mean, I know in your family they're not, but the way that we live, we had all come together for this evening, and nobody wanted it to end. I know, that's the end. And so all my kids are coming. One lives in New Orleans. The other two live in L.A., and they're all coming for the Seder. Well, I love that. It's fantastic. And you're right. Our family, because we grew up like that, all the cousins still, wherever they're from, try to make it in. 
uh, for this holiday. And as Joe Nathan pointed out, it's there are Jews and non-Jews, but it's all about the family, the togetherness, the Seder, the tradition, and of course, the food. I mean, we're still talking about what we should cook or what we should make. My daughter said, I just made a chicken with prunes, apricots, and apples. Mm, that that was good. really delicious. Well, so, that sounds perfect. Yeah, maybe we'll, <laughs> we'll do something like that and I get away. That, I think that what's really important is to have a few recipes that, that say, this is my family that right. you use every year. And then the rest you can try new things with. And, I, you know, I always um, make this thing called a Kremslach. Which What's is that? Like, it's a, um, it's like a matzah donut that my mm-hmm. grand, my father always ma- had in his family. My mother learned to make it. And I make it every year. It's really hard because, you know, I have so much to do. But I do it at the last minute. And I try to take time to think about my dad. And everybody loves it. And whatever's left over for dinner, they have it for breakfast with a, it's with have it with prunes, stewed prunes, mm. and it's like this crispy donut with it's a crispy matzah donut with art, um, apricots and prunes and raisins and nuts. It's really delicious. Oh my gosh! It sounds absolutely delicious. You know. Um... I was taking a writing course, and one of the assignments was something like this, you know, persistence of memory, family holidays. And I remember that the last time we did this, I was standing in my kitchen. I was on the phone, as usual. It was tucked under my chin. One hand was in the freezer, testing the ice cream, you know, in case something new had happened. And on the other hand, when it was free, because the phone was being held by my chin, I would be preparing food. And my breakfast room is mirrored, you know, all across it. And I looked in that mirror and I saw my mother. Oh, my God. That's so great. Right. I was like, what's my mother doing in my mirror? Oh. You know, but there she was. Oh, how wonderful. And I, you know, when you're a kid, you say, I'm never going to grow up to be my mother. And of course, I hope when I grow up, I'll be my mother. I know. That's, believe me, I, my, in my memoir, I realized how, like somebody once told me, the most important person in your life is your mother, no matter what you say, bad or good. And, you know, I think that's true, especially for a woman. Right. No, it and, is true. But I, I honestly, I think of the way my mother lived her life, and I, I think about her every single day, you know, I, and I hope that I can live up to her. Well, she was a great lady. Well, and you're a great lady, and I love that you came on with us. Happy holiday to you and your family. The same and to you, I Joan. hope I see you soon. Thank you. Okay. Uh, my the one and only Joe Nathan, who is a very well-renowned cookbook author, writes for major publications, including the New York Times, has her own memoir coming out in a year. And we're going to look for that. And I look forward to talking to you again.
Okay, thank you so much. Thank you, my dear. Coming up next is wonderful actor Danny Verstein, who's starring on Broadway in Pictures from Home. Stay tuned. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 